welcome to the All Around Joe podcast, where we believe that personal fitness is the key to living a healthy, happy, and productive life. Today, what we've got going on is I have a quick review of a new supplement. In the core, I'm going to talk about how to run an ultra marathon. And in the tips, I'm going to give you a way to improve your back squat and an alternative to the conventional pre-workout supplement. All right, so what's been going on? The review that I've been doing is on a product called Blonix, B-L-O-N-Y-X, and it's an HMB plus creatine product. And this product is targeted towards crossfitters specifically or anybody that's looking for a creatine and HMB supplement that doesn't have any of the additional um, ingredients that you would get to maybe make it taste better or have fillers or any of the of the additional stuff that we really don't need in our products. So Blonix asked me to review their HMB plus creatine product and I've definitely taken creatine before and I I do love my creatine. Uh, and I've taken HMB before, but I hadn't taken HMB in quite a while. I mean it maybe five or more years I since I'd taken HMB. And I remember when HMB hit the scene, it was a, a hot product. Everybody was talking about it being the, the great thing. And then it kind of fizzled out, and I'm not really sure why that was, but I was pretty interested to give it a shot again and see what it was all about. So I've been taking this product for about three weeks now, and I usually take my products for at least a minimum of four weeks before I write my reviews. And what, uh, what I've noticed so far is that the creatine, for the most part, acts like a conventional creatine product. If you haven't taken that before, what it means is you, you can definitely feel that you put on a little bit of water weight, which isn't a bad thing at all. A lot of people think, oh my gosh, I put on water weight, it's terrible. But no, the truth is that water weight's great. It, your body needs extra water in order to function properly. So you, what you feel also with that is a pump in your muscles. So if you do anything that's a little bit higher rep, you definitely feel like your muscles are swollen. And with the HMB, it's supposed to actually help you uh, recover a little bit more. So it's starting the recovery process a little earlier um, with your workout. And so you're hopefully not as sore and getting stronger faster uh, because of the recovery. So what I've noticed is, like I said, the creatine, I, I'm not sure it's, if I can really feel the HMB, although I was told that it takes about two weeks to kick in and I'm not feeling really sore at all after any of my workouts, and that's not con completely unusual, but uh, it is something to note that I'm not feeling really sore at all. Even after uh, last Monday, we did the Murph for Memorial Day, and I did not get sore at all in my uh, pressing muscles. Was a, if you don't know what Murph is, run a mile, do 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, and 300 squats, and then run a mile. And we did it split up so that you'd run a mile and then you did uh, 20 rounds of 5 pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 15 squats. Usually when I do a workout like that, that's at that high of volume, I will get sore. And I really wasn't sore at all in my pressing muscles or my legs or, or my pulling muscles. Um, and I would have thought that doing 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 
and or 300 squats would have made those muscles sore, but not sore at all. So maybe that's the HMB and the creatine contributing to that. I should also note that in the time that I've been taking this supplement, I did uh, PR my 7-rep back squat, I PR'd my split jerk, and I PR'd my snatch. So that's pretty good for me to have all those PRs in the last couple of weeks. And the HMB and creatine is the only supplement right now that I'm taking that would be a sports performance supplement um, that would contribute to those things above and beyond the usual eating and sleeping and drinking tons of water that we all need anyway to recover. So right now I'm liking the HMB plus creatine. Uh, it's a little bit of a, a less pronounced result that you get other than that creatine pump. But uh, my review will be out shortly on that at the allaroundjoe.com blog. So if you have any questions about that supplement, the Bonix, B-L-O-N-Y-X, HMB plus creatine, look them up or uh, shoot me an email, joe at allaroundjoe. I'll be happy to answer any questions that you might have. But let's move on to the core of this podcast and talk about how to run an ultramarathon. So if any of you don't know, I've run five ultra marathons myself now. I've run two 50Ks and three 50 milers. And what I've learned through the process is what I feel like um, what's are some good ways to train for for these events and how to get started and things to, to watch out for. So the training programs that you can you'll run into with the ultra marathon um, programming is Anywhere from the traditional uh, LSD or long, slow distance style training programs at uh, anywhere from three to probably six, six times a week, and all the way down to the CrossFit endurance style programming, which is just a few, uh, just a few training sessions per week, and they're slow and fast, or I should say, short and hard and fast workouts. So you'd be more like sprint workouts, tempo workouts, time trial workouts, that type of stuff. And I've done both both styles. Um, the, first, uh, the first four ultras that I did were conventional, and the last one that I did was actually the CrossFit Endurance to the T training style program. So I've run them all. I, have, I think they all have pros and cons. And we'll talk about them here. So training programs. Uh, let's start off with the conventional training programs. Uh, when I first started, I just went ahead and did a Google search for ultramarathon training program, went through and and adjusted it for my schedule and what I thought was going to be most productive for me. What that meant is a training program that was running four times a week, or maybe it was even five times a week when I first started off, and you would have essentially a couple of middle distance days, uh, one short sprint-ish day, and then uh, one to two long days on the weekends or whatever fits your schedule. What I found or what I have found is that because of my body type and because I like to lift a lot of weights, I don't need quite as much volume when I'm training for an ultramarathon, which means that these programs, even though they were um, four to five times a week, Four to five days a week, or training program, or training training sessions per week. I would usually cut them down to three to four training sessions per week, and then fill on all the other days with lifting heavy weights. And it 
tended to work out pretty good for me. Uh, I never really had a problem or I completed all of my ultras fairly well or, you know, within the standards of what I was looking for. So you have the conventional training programs, like I said, and what that might, what that would actually look like for you typically would be like a Monday mid-range day, um, Wednesday, maybe a sprint or hill workout day, Friday, another mid-range day, or let's say Thursday or Friday, and then maybe you do a longer run on Saturday, and then a medium to long run on Sunday. Because a lot of times, the idea for the longer runs or like how you get up to the actual distance that you're going to run for an ultra marathon would be that you try and get the miles in within a 24-hour period. So you might do a run on Saturday afternoon and then another run on Sunday morning to get your mileage really high and get your body feeling like it's broken down or broken down and built back up with those particular types of miles. So that is what the conventional training program looks like. And the the shorter or the CrossFit endurance style training program is usually going to be just something set up where you're going to have really short, intense workouts for a couple of days per week, depending on your schedule, and then one time trial workout which could be up to, when I did it, it was up to 13 miles was the longest distance I ever ran for a 50-mile race. So you'd have a ton of these really hard workouts that were short. And when I say short, I'm talking like warm-up and everything included, like a half an hour or less. And then you'd have one longer time trial day. But you were always working very close what it felt like to your max capacity when you were doing these particular workouts. Now, what I found were the advantages and the disadvantages of each of them. So, the, for the conventional training program, what I found was the disadvantages were that if you do the type of volume that they want you to do, you're very prone to injuries, overuse injuries. Um, if you don't have the just perfect running form, and, even, and nobody does have the perfect running form, but if you have a very good running form, it still puts you right in the harm's way of having overuse injuries just because you're putting in so many miles that's so much wear and tear on your body especially if you haven't done this type of distance or training before so that's the major issue with the conventional training program for the ultra marathon the other issue is that it just takes a whole bunch of time so you're out on the road or on the trail a lot so unless you have some way of working from the road uh, or the trail, then it's kind of limiting for your work schedule, your family, your friends, that type of thing. One thing I did, a tip that I did use is I would take my phone out there and I'd put in my headphones and I would actually take calls as I was running. Because once you get into this, you're running at a rate at which your your heart you know, your beast per minute isn't that really that high when you're moving pretty good and you can definitely carry on a conversation. So that's something that you can do. The With the CrossFit Endurance or the more uh, higher intensity type of training programs, you do still run the risk of, of some injury when you're working at that high uh, capacity, but you're not putting in so many miles, so it's not as much of an overuse injury thing. So what I found is that my body, although my muscles would get tight uh, from exerting so hard, I wasn't running into many injury problems because my body had so much time to recover because it wasn't really working so much volume. 
The downside to the CrossFit Endurance Style program would be that you don't get to put in the miles, so your mental capacity or your mental ability to deal with what it feels like on, let's say, mile 20 plus is not built up. You don't have it. You've never been there. So it's hard to really understand what that's going to feel like. So those are the advantages and disadvantages of those particular types of programs. I would the the way that I would pick one is looking at number one, do I have the time to train conventional? If you don't, then it's really easy to go with the CrossFit endurance. Uh, number two is have I done many races in the past? Have I what's my endurance capacity like already? I feel like if you don't have much of endurance capacity built up, it's not a bad idea to go with a conventional training program for your first ultra marathon, and then you can go over to a CrossFit Endurance style programming if you want to after that particular time. The, the, the other advantage is that you get to put in those, those mental miles of actually feeling what it's like during your training to go longer. But on the flip side, I don't think there's anything wrong with jumping right into the CrossFit Endurance style training if you don't have the time for it, or you just feel like your body type is going to work better with that particular type of training. So you can find the, the CrossFit Endurance style stuff at uh, CrossFitEndurance.com. And as far as the conventional training programs, it, to be honest with you, when I searched for it, I just went with the with a search, a Google search, and um, picked out a few of, looked at, let's say, three or four different programs, and just went with the one that I thought looked best for my particular situation in my lifestyle and what I thought I could actually accomplish. So... The last thing that I want to bring up about uh, getting ready to run an ultra marathon is building yourself up. And I feel like it's very important that, let's say, if you have an, a year out or six months out before your race, that you start entering shorter races and building yourself up as your training progresses. So even if you're doing the CrossFit Endurance style, you on your TT day or your time trial day, you may have a race on that day instead of doing the TT. And I don't mean every single weekend by any means, but I do think it's a great idea to build yourself up with, let's say, a 5K, 10K, half marathon, you know, 18 or 20 miler. I don't know if I'd go much longer than that, depending on what the distance is of your ultra. If you're doing a 50 miler, then go ahead and shoot, enter a, a marathon as part of your training program as well. Um, but if you're only doing a 50K, or something in that mid-range, then you probably don't want to. You could, but uh, it's not as essential. So having built yourself up with those races and knowing what race day feels like is very important. You also get to test your nutrition and see what it feels like to have, uh, you know, whether you're going to go gels or blocks or some sort of paleo thing, which might be much mushed up bananas or your own concoction, you get to test those things while you're out on the road or on the trail in a way that maybe you didn't get to when you were doing your training. So definitely find races that you can put into your schedule as you're building up for your actual main event, and that will give you the mental capacity as well to conquer your ultramarathon. All right, if you have any questions about the ultramarathon, feel free to send me an email. I'd love to talk with you about that how you can get yourself prepared, how you can um, feel ready to go on that ultramarathon day. Now for the tips. All right, what I want to share with you is a 
back squatting tip that will make your back squat better almost immediately. So, I got this one from Kelly Starrett. One thing that we've always been taught, or that I was always taught, was to look up or keep your head up when you're squatting. But the truth of the matter is, when you get into that bottom, the bottom of your squat and you look up, what it's doing is actually breaking the neutral spine at your cervical area, usually, um, of your spine. But that isn't, it. although that may lead to having our chest up, it isn't exactly going to be the strongest position that we can be in. What you can do, and what I learned from Kelly, is that if you press your elbows forward, almost as if you're thinking about getting into a front squatting position with your arms, it locks down your thoracic spine and makes it hard for your head to look up and even makes it feel like you don't need to look up in order to keep the chest high and your body in a strong position. Because what happens actually, and we don't realize it, when we look up, we're looking for a stiffening position in our spine, usually because our elbows have gone backwards which dips our, cervical, our thoracic spine forward, and then we look up through our cervical spine in order to make up or compensate for that position. So try pushing your elbows forward and keeping your head straight ahead during the whole portion or the whole position of your up and down in your squats and feel what that feels like. It also, I should know, it doesn't necessarily feel perfect at first. You'll feel that... It does provide tightening in your spine. Your spine feels better, but it could feel like a foreign position to you. So just know that your spine is always going to be strongest when it's in a neutral position and go with that, practice it, and watch your squat weight continue to go up and get stronger. Last tip that I have for you today is a lot of people don't necessarily like uh, the pre-workout supplements or you know what might you might find in a pre-workout supplement. So... One thing that you can do that I found that works pretty darn good is just you go with coffee and you throw some of your favorite protein powder in there. For example, I use coffee and Progenics. What I've been doing recently, because I haven't been testing any pre-workout supplements, is I'll just get to about 30 minutes before the workout, pour a cup of coffee, put a half scoop to a scoop of Progenics in it, mix it up, and drink it down. What I'm getting from this is the caffeine from the coffee that gets me excited to work out and the progenics, which starts my recovery process actually before the workout, which is great. So give it a shot, and it's as easy as just throwing some protein powder in your coffee, and it actually tastes pretty darn good. I use the chocolate-flavored progenics, and I highly recommend it. So that was the uh, podcast for today. I will catch you on the next one. The All Around Joe podcast, where we believe that personal fitness is the key to living a healthy, happy, and productive life. See you later.